Raymond, happy holidays. Happy holidays. We are back. We had a nice little break. And during our break, we got a wonderful gift, a wonderful Christmas miracle, if you will, from our beloved San Francisco 49ers. Now, Raymond, since it is the spirit of giving and, you know, we are we're still in the holiday season, can you think of any other Christmas miracles you'd love to see happen? Any other gifts you'd like to see happen in the world of Bay Area sports? Yeah, I'd like the Warriors to become a top 10 defense like Steve Kerr hopes they become. I'd like a win over the Seahawks for the final game of the season. I'd like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes and whatever quarterback the 49ers draft, should they draft a quarterback. I'd like, um, I just like the uh, Niners to fire their entire strength and conditioning staff once again, because clearly <laughs> that didn't work out this year. Excellent. Those are all very good Christmas Christmas uh, gifts, Christmas wishes, Christmas miracles we'd like to see on the docket. So Santa, wherever you are, get to it, my friend. All right, folks, here we go. We are back. We took a nice little sabbatical. Um, if you saw our, <laughs> yeah, a our, week's worth, yeah. <laughs> a week's worth sabbatical. You know, Christmas fell right in the middle of the week. Kind of made it tough for us. We uh, we did post on Instagram. If you saw on our Instagram page that we were we would be back this week. And now we get to come back with, instead of recapping that horrific Dallas game, we get to recap the Cardinals win. I am so happy. Uh, Raymond, before we get started, though, why don't you let them know where can they find the Goldcast in the new year? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, wherever spot or whatever podcasts are syndicated, we can be found there. If you're on the YouTubes, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment to feed the algorithm over on the YouTube overlord side of things. And make sure to join the conversation because we'd love to hear from you. That is right. All right, folks. We are here to do the recap of Week 16, uh, San Francisco at Arizona, where we've been all month, so it's not really a big journey for us. And uh, this was a must-win for the Cardinals. This was a opportunity for us to play spoiler, an opportunity for George Kittle to come back and get some playing time in. And it went, uh, it went swimmingly. So uh, what a great ending and uh, nice, nice to be for the meantime ahead of the curb in terms of uh, div our division games. We are a little, we are over 500, which is a nice feeling. We're going to talk about all of it. But first, the greatest, the greatest podcast intro in the game. Your professor of fanalism. I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. Raymond, here we are. We're back. 
we took a week off. Now, this is actually a good thing, Raymond, because had we come back last week, we would have had to talk about the Dallas Cowboy loss, and that would have been a crappy way to start Christmas week. Yeah. Now we're back, and instead we're talking about the Cardinals' big loss to the 49ers. This was a must-win game, Raymond, for the Cardinals. Must-win. And it didn't happen. And in fact, we saw a 49er team that came out motivated. George Kittle was back. Nick Mullins was out of the lineup due to injury. He's gone for the season. C.J. Beathard came in. This was the one-year anniversary of his family tragedy that I don't want to get into too much details on here. You can see that stuff online. And uh, this was obviously a very emotional and important game for C.J. Beathard on a personal level. Uh, just something to prove. And I think in honor of his family, uh, this was a big game for him. And the Niners came out and produced defensively, offensively. They were pretty solid. And this ended up being a great showing. And uh, I think a, just a wonderful way to kind of close out the season. We'll see what's going to happen when we get towards the end. We still have one more potentially very brutal game against the Seahawks. I'm not sure. But uh, first of all, Rim, before we, you know, obviously we're going to talk about that in depth on our on our preview show on Thursday. But just in general, what are your feelings coming out of yesterday's win or Saturday's win, I should say? Well, it made me completely forget about the Dallas debacle the week before. And I was able to just get some semblance of not necessarily hope, just like relief, just because they just didn't slip. I mean, you know, Johnny Dell and I said that they were going to come out of this thing 6-10. and 10. We stand by that. And so I, I'm obviously hinting at what my prediction is for this up next upcoming game, but we can talk more about in depth of why that is uh, later in the week. But as far as today is concerned, we are having a what Kyle Shanahan calls Victory Monday. So that is a great feeling. The season's winding down. Most of the contenders are ironed out in the, in the actual tournament, who, those who are participating. And some teams are still trying to fight for a position. And the Cardinals, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately from our perspective, fell short. They just... Cliff Kingsbury just make some questionable calls and the Niners took advantage, even though we are more of a defunct football team more than anything else right now. But they made more mistakes than we did and we played with a lot more urgency and sound football. And that was just great to see because we were definitely in need of something like that because it just looked like this thing was going to spiral out of control. And I have a feeling it would have if Nick Mullins was the quarterback, not to single him out as the only contributing factor to the shortcomings this season, but it doesn't help when the most important position is not playing up to snuff. And he has not been. I completely agree. Uh, I, I, you know, we've talked about this before. We've said it many times on the show. We are supporters of Nick Mullins. This is not the, uh, this is not the, podcast is not the kind of gold cast that you come to. It's not the kind of show that you come to if you want to hear people just incessantly bashing the 49ers. It's not our, really our style. Uh, we're not really into bashing any of our teams. That's just not how we roll here on the gold cast. We're supporters of Nick Mullins, but Nick Mullins has really struggled this season and uh, he looked by the end of the season pretty shell-shocked. I think that the offensive line didn't do him any favors. I do think that the lack of offensive weapons made it difficult for him. Um, he did very well a couple years back um, on a team that was also fairly depleted, but but it just wasn't at this kind of level, and I don't think there was the same kind of pressure. You're coming off of a Super Bowl appearance season. 
you are coming into uh, you're coming into the middle of a season with very high stakes, a lot of frustration across the board, and Nick Mullins just was not able to uh, consistently produce under all of that pressure, yeah. whether it be physical or mental. Yeah, and the so, offense never got to gel with the original lineup. Uh, not I think not even once this year was the original starting projected starting roster ever on the field together at one moment and which is uh, unbelievable I I you know that happens to many many teams you can say that like maybe one or two guys but the Niners were missing like so many different players throughout the starting rotation throughout the entire course of the season and I'm pretty sure this is accurate you guys can check this out and fact check me but I'm 99% sure that the original projected starting roster didn't play a single snap together during the regular season because of injury. No, I think you're right. Debo was out for the beginning of Brandon the— Brandon Ayuk was out in the beginning uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Hurd never played. Uh, Sherman was out. Now Bosa was out for the entire season. I mean, Bosa out the entire season. So just on just on two or three players alone— I think we can confidently say that that was probably true. On top of that, you had, um, uh, you had, I believe, if you wanted to kind of yes and you on that, I believe the number, uh, the same. Don't fact me out, checked on this, but I believe it's north of forty-five different starting players on the 49ers roster this season. Forty-five different starters on the roster this season. We had to get Josh Rosen. To come back to the NFC West, <laughs> the two, the number one pick in 2018, yeah, had to come back and be our backup to our third string quarterback because that's how many players down the row we'd gone just in QBs alone. So just a really, in general, a really tough season and uh, a tough, uh, you know, it was a tough sledding going into this game. And I'll be honest, I actually started Kyler Murray begrudgingly started him in my fantasy you know we have our big our big uh we love to talk about our family fantasy football league uh rudy solis the the unofficial fourth member of the podcast rudy solis jr was on it our our very little spoken about but fantasy monster our little brother dean solis who we who we that does not get enough shine on the show we need to talk about him a little bit more uh eventually maybe convince him to even come on and talk fantasy with us but uh Dean uh, had a great showing, and uh, of course, I was one of the owners with uh, Alvin Kamara, and I started Kyler Murray, fully expecting that Kyler Murray was going to produce his one of his usual super monster games. He did not. He was dead on arrival, not only here but also on the field. And again, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't, I'm not just not really sure if this is the guy. I fully expected to watch a game where every third down they were gashing us with big uh, Kyler Murray runs, Raymond, and that did not happen. In fact, several of the design runs were uh, a bit predictable, and and uh, we did a fairly good job of stopping them. And then some of the runs that Kyler Murray did attempt were out of desperation because he was getting hounded by that defensive line. Uh, what did you see out there as far as what the Arizona game plan was against the 49ers? Because it wasn't very impressive. I saw Kyler. I mean, throughout the whole season, I feel like they've tried to rein Kyler Murray in just a smidge to help him hone his throwing skills more. And it's at times it's worked, and at times it's bitten him in the butt. Um, in particular, crunch time, trying to get last-minute scores, comeback games, 
the Arizona Cardinals have not bit fared very well late in games when they are trying to recapture a lead. And that's what I've seen from them in the few games. I mean, I don't watch a lot of them. You ha- would have to go to the, what, what is it? The, the weird bird that nobody cares about cast. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, you've, you've listened to a couple of, of different episodes. So I know you, uh, you're more familiar with those podcasts than I am. I, I do. I have a couple. There's the Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has a giant house. No one cares podcast. There is the, um, the only bird in the NFC West that's actually real cast. There's that one. Um, there is Kyler Murray could run, but thank God he doesn't cast. I think actually that's a anti Cardinals <laughs> cast. Yeah, per- <laughs> perhaps it is. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I actually think I might have got those mixed up. That might be an offshoot of a 49ers cast somewhere. Yeah. So, so to me, I think the big story here was the defense was actually able to contain Kyler Murray, which they have not done very well in the past. And it's not like a Russell Wilson who's very calculated in his scrambles. You know, Kyler Murray's running is usually incorporated into the offense. And they did do that on like a couple fourth downs and third downs. But that was late in the game when the game was starting to get out of reach for them. And as you pointed out, desperation. So they're starting to run on desperation because the plays, they were getting good coverage throughout the game. I mean, Kyler Murray was sacked three times throughout this game. DJ Jones got a sack. Kerry Hyder got a sack. Kawan Williams back in the lineup got a sack. So a big difference he made, instant impact coming back into the game. Very happy for him. Witherspoon had a key interception late in the game. Fred Warner playing out of his mind. Pro Bowl bound Fred Warner. Just outstanding football from him. Week in, week out, completely healthy. Him and Kyle Juszczyk, probably my two favorite offensive and defensive players because they just don't get hurt and they go to the Pro Bowl and and they play at a Pro Bowl level as a result of staying healthy. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? It's funny how when you stay healthy and you 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 commit to playing football at a high level, you get big results. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not like these players get hurt on purpose. I mean, we're being know, very cheeky. We're being cheeky. We're being cheeky. I know, but but these guys played well. Fred Warner had more pass deflections than any other uh, defensive back on the defense, so that was amazing. He had three, but Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams, and Akella Witherspoon each had a pass deflection I mean this was just outstanding Fred Warner led the team in tackles offensively I felt like we were a little we got timely throws when we needed them the most like when Beathard needed to make the touch throw to Kyle Juszczyk on his two touchdowns he made those throws and Kyle Juszczyk got in for the score third down efficiency two for nine really bad on our side Arizona was no better they were 25 percent they were four for 16 on third down conversions so CJ Beathard was good enough he wasn't great, but he was good enough, and he did not commit any interceptions. No timely, costly interceptions that was plaguing Nick Mullins all season long. C.J. Beathard was absolutely good. gave us a big fat zero in that category. He had the one fumble, but outside of that, he was absolutely nails. He was exactly what you did. He managed the game well. He made the throws that he needed to make. The most important throws he needed to make, he made those throws. He was very inefficient in keeping drives going. We had a lot of three and outs as a result. But, I mean, he didn't need to do that much because Jeff Wilson Jr. was just steamrolling this defense. Um, And that's been the the problem with the Cardinals all season long is they have a pretty good ability to score, but they're very inconsistent on defense. They only have so many good players. They have one good pass rusher, an outstanding safety, 
and that's more or less it. They they're, they're, they got a lot of holes in this defense, and we are able to take advantage. I mean, Jeff Wilson, 183 yards on the ground. He absolutely crushed this team on the ground. He, he, he I, If it wasn't for C.J. Beathard's really emotional game, I would want to give the game ball to Jeff Wilson, but I've got to give it to my man C.J. Beathard for coming in there. He's not getting, you know, just just getting this week's first team reps, going in there with a defunct squad, and playing sound football. That's really hard at the quarterback position. So kudos to him for stepping up because that's kind of what I what I saw to CJ. CJ stepped up and Kyler Murray got contained. And when he decided to run, it was too little too late. The Niners put this game away and it was it was a combination of the running game, the defense, and good enough passing to keep this game out of hand from from Arizona and keep them they now no longer control their destiny in the playoffs they have to rely on like three other teams to win lose in order to get in now which is not where you want to be if you're an Arizona fan no not at all and I love that you gave your offensive game ball to CJ Beathard I'm going to echo that right away right here right now CJ Beathard gets the game ball for offense and I know I want to give it to Jeff Wilson Jr. too I want to he put in a mostert like level performance and but it just he has produced he he produces at a very high level like that very often and I mean our backup quarterbacks we have had consistent problems and CJ Beathard uh, C.J. Beathard, for the most part this season, whenever he has come in, has, has produced fairly well. And, and to come in and beat an Arizona Cardinals team that was in a must-win position uh, was very impressive. Again, also, too, props to Robert Salah. Uh, I I feel like Robert Salah and Kyle Shannon looked at themselves in halftime and said, so that mobile quarterback thing we were really worried about, I guess they're not going to do that today. All right, great. That works into our plans. Mobile quarterbacks have consistently plagued Robert Salah, and he did a wonderful job. And he, I think they kind of gifted him that. They're like, well, we're not going to do what we normally do, which is you know give you a ton of problems with our with our mobility. Um, I felt for Kyler Murray. I did because I actually like him as a player. I think he's a good player. He's a hard worker. And I think, uh, I think he, you know, for the most, he, here's the problem with mobile quarterbacks. Here's the problem that, that they have in Arizona. And again, you have to go to all those podcasts to really hear what their opinions are about this uh, that we already talked about. But Kyler Murray, these guys get confidence from their running, right? When the, when the, when the play breaks down and they were able to gash a defense and, and drop for 15 yards, it gives them psychological confidence. It extends the plays. It extends the offense. It extends the drive. It puts these players in a position where they feel like they can win and that if, they, if, they, if everything breaks down, their quarterback's got their back and it puts makes defenses have to be really honest and really puts them on their toes. When you take that weapon away from him, I know this intimately. We saw this with uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, at the beginning of the last decade. When you take the, that weapon away from them it it and you force them to be maybe something they're not fully prepared for, right? We've seen, we saw Steve Young develop into that pocket passer, right? We saw Russell Wilson develop into that pocket passer. You can't force that development. It takes time. And when you force a guy like Kyler Murray, like they, like they were doing in this game or like they've done on and off through the season, you really are actually cutting off their confidence. You're cutting off a major part of their offensive confidence, their offensive ability to produce. Yeah, un unless unless he figures it out. I mean, that's the only that's what you're banking on, right? You're you're practicing and trying to do to, to trying to hone your skills so that you don't have to rely on your legs because you don't you don't you don't want to be in that you don't want to be in the Lamar Jackson position. You know, Lamar Jackson has exceptional running ability. And that's why he caught the lead by surprise. But everyone 
who knows football well enough knows that that was a one-time thing. He's not going to get that kind of yardage ever again in his career. So because defenses adjust, even though the rules are catered against them, they find ways to adjust to contain players like that. And that's why, you know, unless you're, unless you're like a rare exception, like a Derrick Henry, who's once again going to probably win the rushing title two years in a row, then, you know, it's, it's different, you know, but that's, that's a running back position and versus a quarterback position where the quarterback, you know, you've got to throw as you've got to throw sooner or later as, as a quarterback. And if you don't figure that out, it's going to be tough sledging going forward. So Kyler Murray's learning lessons the hard way. We'll see if he, what he does in the offseason, if he's able to hone his skills and do some of the things that like a Josh Allen is doing in the offseason, who Josh Allen, who mightily struggled and relied on his legs the first uh, in his early years, but has seemed to um, way more balanced and also has an amazing, outstanding deep threat in Stephon Diggs, who's having a Pro Bowl season. So both of them are having Pro Bowl seasons, but Josh Allen worked his ass off to get better at his passing game and it's paying off. And now there are the number two seed, or, or at least tie for the number two seed in the AFC. And so we'll see if Kyler Murray can do that. But again, you're going to have to go to the Cliff Kinsbury has a nice house, but no one cares cast. If you want to hear more about what their plans are in the offseason, because we are focused on the tremendous win that the 49ers were able to pull out today, or yesterday, or Saturday, I should say. Sorry, I'm so used to Sunday. I'm getting all my days mixed up, too. They're all kind of blurring into one. So we talked about offensive game balls, Raymond. Let's talk about defensive game balls. Who? So offensively, we both agree. C.J. Beathard get, gets our game ball. Boom. Done deal. Defensively, who gets your game ball? To me, this is a no-brainer. you got to go with Fred Warner. Fred Warner has just been so consistent all year long. He just makes things happen. He's a turnover machine. And if we can get some more players to follow into that trend. I know we've got some of those. Nick Bosa is a guy that can generate that kind of pressure. Kerry Hyder's been terrific all season long. But if these guys can get healthy and continue to do that, then we can see more of that. Witherspoon, when Witherspoon's locked in, Witherspoon's good, but he's just inconsistent. So it just depends. You know, when Jimmy Ward is healthy, Jimmy Ward's terrific out, out there. So he's going through protocols right now. We'll see how he'll shape up in the week coming, coming ahead. But uh, to me, this was an easy no-brainer. Fred Warner, all the way, Pro Bowl season. Congratulations to him. The guy is going to get paid. Absolutely, I agree. Props to Fred Warner. Since you already gave him that game ball, and I agree, he deserves it. I want to give. I want to give a. I want to give a like a, a smaller game ball to somebody else, and it's somebody you've already mentioned, and that is Kerry Hyder. This guy, can't, no name. Coming out of Detroit, this guy, I this I want to see this guy on that on that as part of that front seven. I want to see him with I want to see him with Nick Bosa. I want to see him next to Kinlaw next year. I want to see what this entire front core can do with that guy. Now he got two tackle two tackles. One of them was a sack, but that is what we're talking about. His ability, like again. You have to give props to John Lynch and Adam Peters. I I cannot stress enough how important Adam Peters is to that scouting machine. They No one knew who Kerry Hyder was. You were the first person to talk about him after the first week on the Goldcast. I believe it was the first game. You were like, I don't know who that Kerry Hyder guy was. But, he, but he has consistently, Raymond, consistently produced at a very high clip, at a super high clip. So it's like I agree game balls go to Fred Warner for both of us, but I want to give one more mini game ball it's Kerry Hyder. Hey, eight and a half sacks. He surpassed his rookie total, which was eight sacks. So outstanding. That's in four seasons. So he's he's 
I think he got drafted by the Jets in 2014, and then he was spent three years with Detroit. And then his second season in Detroit, he had eight sacks, 11 TFLs. He's got eight and a half this year, 10 TFLs. So he's matching that really high high year he had with Detroit. So hopefully when Nick, uh, Nick Bosa comes back, if we're able to retain Kerry Hyder, this guy could definitely fill the shoes of a DeForest Buckner. And, you know, when Nick Bosa comes back, he's really kind of the glue that gets the gold rush going. So Eric Armstead plays better when he's in the lineup. Kerry Hyder, you can expect him to play better in the lineup. And Javon Kinlaw is going to greatly benefit with a Nick Bosa back in the lineup too. So if that that's going to be the gold rush going forward, that's not a bad combo if you ask me. Not bad at all. I cannot wait. All right, Raymond, it is time, as we always do on the weeks where we win, it is time for our highlights of the game. So let's pull these suckers up. All right, so first highlight of the game, Raymond, is our boy, C.J. Beathard. And as you can see, he is just mowing down the Cardinals' defense, just a an annihilation. <laughs> Nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> That's right. Just an annihilation. I love this. This is just this is what you do when you are focused and you're lasered and you took an M16 and you go to town. All right. Next up, Raymond. This is actually a clip. Uh, we were just talking about him. Kerry Hyder's sack of Kyler Murray. As you see, he just grabs Kyler Murray, a big lift up, and oh, right through the table that is a red table that is uh all 49er red that is not arizona cardinal red and i like the little flip of the hair at the end a little i didn't realize Hyder <laughs> had that much yeah. hair yeah that's uh that's that was the the thanksgiving we should have had uh, <laughs> yeah. right there yeah. all right so then our final clip you know they tried very hard all season to compare our boy Kyle Shanahan, the greatest play caller in the game. They try to compare Cliff Kingsbury to Kyle Shanahan. He's not even a baby. Like, Sean McVay's a baby, Shanahan. This guy's like a baby's baby's baby. Baby's baby of Shanahan. And as you see right here, our boy Shanahan, to prove to the world, he goes to the top rope to finish off, and boom! It's a wrap. It is done. And those are, Ray, our three highlights of the game and uh, if you want to see them you can go on to our official uh instagram page at the gold cast you can see those there or go to our youtube channel uh, youtube.com slash the gold cast and you can see them on this exact feed all right raymond uh that is a wrap it was great to have a win again uh, 20 to 12 was the final score. Props to the Niners. Props to CJ Beathard. Congratulations. I know this was an emotional win for him. It was great to see Kittle back in the lineup. And I really appreciated that Shanahan just believes we need to have a winning culture at all times. We don't tank for a draft pick. We win every game that is in front of us. That is the goal. And I agree. I couldn't agree more. So, Raymond, we will be back later on in the week. Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the goldcast. Let us know what you thought of this week's game. And we'll be back to preview our final game of the season against the Seahawks. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, 
same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.